So we got Alvin, Helen, and Evelyn. ดานิเอลและดานิเอลออกมาพูดถึงเรื่องของความเป็นคริสเตียนในคอลเลจทุกโหลไอเดียของคนที่เป็นคนที่เป็นคนที่เป็นคนที่เป็นคนที่เป็
I think in the media or mainstream or anything, it's not really shown as a, that great of a thing or, you know, because there are, there are celebrities as well that are very spiritual and it's not necessarily just a type of religion or anything mm-hmm. that might be spiritual, but it's not a thing that is seen as cool or a thing that's seen as interesting or anything like that, even though like the spirituality itself is another aspect of your life uh, that's, you know, yeah. important as well. So I think I don't think we're going to convince anybody to like become a Christian or anything in this thing, right? But I guess what we should let's let's kind of focus on like why should someone seriously look into what they believe in? Like I don't think a lot of students or young people like, give it a fair try. Like they would like kind of sit in the sit on like have a heavy backing of what their scientific belief is, and they only look at the things that prove something wrong. Mm-hmm. right as opposed to giving it a fair chance and genuinely asking the questions to look into it it's mm-hmm. not to convert anybody it's to like like why not actually yeah. look into it i think um i don't know if you've already talked about like pro-life culture stuff yet but uh it's basically like um i think what as one thing i tried to do back when like the referendum and stuff was happening was to look at both sides so to see, to look at both websites where they're very specifically on one side and the other side, just so I had a full view, because um, one thing that was happening hilariously was there was a list of um, Twitter users that were pro-life that uh, the, the that you know pro-choice accounts would list, and then you can block them automatically. So then what was happening was all opposing viewpoints were just getting filtered out so you're only getting one side and i don't think that's very healthy i mean like both from both sides it was kind of happening where it's like you're kind of like putting your fingers in your ear and go, ah, um so it's it's just like if what you're believing is the truth then you should be like listening to the other side shouldn't yeah. be a problem yeah uh, so i think yeah i mean it, it, i think a lot of my like faith comes from just me being like oh i need to actually figure this out Hmm. Uh, for myself so that if there is nothing then I'll actually know for sure and it's not just like a what if sort of thing yeah Yeah. so what are the other reasons what you would make to make someone genuinely look into it like it's really interesting from a historical (laughs) I think say you're against it like you know like say I I hate Evelyn and I have this image of Evelyn in my head and I'm like okay she is arrogant she always is, late she hates music and i hate people who hate music and she um she is always late yeah and it's not until i talk to her and i get to know her you know i might have these images in my head from other people that know her but it's not until i talk to her and get to know her that i know that actually she is she loves music she hates being late and she is not at all arrogant you know like (laughs) thank you (laughs) get you a friend like this (laughs) but um yeah you have to kind of know like you have to go in there and experience it yourself to see why you hate it Taste and see that the Lord is good. Yeah. 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 I think it's like the type of people that are afraid of going into church. They're like, it's like, what's going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not going to but it's not even like, okay, if going to church is not your thing, or praying is not your thing, and you're more of like a research type of person, research it. You know, like, 
people research it from both the ends both the ends that's what i i always do this as well because i'm always like okay say like if i'm talking to my muslim friend and about like uh, a contradiction in our faiths and um i kind of see it from their perspective you know i'm like okay okay and then i i don't know the answer to the question myself so then i go look at it from our our end of things and you know then you find the answers and then you actually figure out because you know in yourself what is right um, you have that conscience mm. that you know like it's it's to be trusted right mm. yeah to i guess another pitfall that a lot of people fall into is that they hear all these testimonies right of like people's personal experience mm. and they're like that could be like a mass illusion or all these things which which an is issue, fair sorry an issue i have with testimonies is you know how they're all like oh, i had a rock and roll life i was on named roads and i was drinking booze all day and then they're like and now i love did you go to texas at some point? <laughs> <laughs> it's that meme where it was like i was bad but now i'm good <laughs> <laughs> you know like i like those testimonies never work for me because i'm like yeah, you had your fun now look at me living my plain old boring simple life and now yeah. i have to give up even more things to get into heaven this makes no sense yeah. you know so those testimonies have never worked for me true but i think testimonies work for some people if you're like like testimonies don't get me wrong like it's pretty powerful that when you yeah. hear someone mm-hmm. and you can verify that wow this is a genuine person yeah. that could have a impact on people right but i think when you are looking from the outside in I don't think testimonies necessarily are massively helpful even though it could be it could be transformational like there are like amazing testimonies of people and how they came to faith mm-hmm. so there is this example or this analogy right so imagine there is a plane that's taking off from Dublin right there is a christian there there is a hindu there is all sorts of faith there's also an atheist and everybody is in the plane the plane takes off they have a terrible turbulence right and they all think they're all going to die but somehow miraculously they land safely and during that journey everyone's been praying to their own god right everyone's been like doing their own religious belief and when they land safely it basically reconfirms that oh wow jesus saved me oh wow allah saved me and like everybody's faith is reaffirmed the real question is who was the pilot praying to <laughs> <laughs> the pilot was the atheist so. <laughs> so then so then people make the argument that like like ex- experiences doesn't necessarily mean anything that if something is true or not like that's just like in that example there it just reaffirmed everyone's faith even though they're all contradicting each other mm-hmm. the, actually well one thing with testimonies is that um you could hear because obviously you're not, I don't think I've ever heard a testimony where it's like you know I started looking into religion and then I went back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth for 10 years it's always like you know I went into this then I went to this thing and I had a great experience and then you know now I'm like this and then you're like waiting for your great experience you know very slowly and nothing's happening and you're like it's going to happen at some yeah, point yeah of course like someone could definitely like have an amazing encounter with mm. Christ when they've never even started looking into any of these things it's not necessary that everybody yeah. has to take the logical route but i think in a age where we have so much at our fingertips so almost everybody has no reason or no excuse to not taking the time to look at it yourself yeah i was kind of just thinking about like people of other religions that strongly have faith you know and for them 
to look into some other religion, it might be very intimidating. Mm. And not just that, like just very overall just scary. Cause mm. like leaving this whole like com comfort zone and just even exploring something that's something that your family doesn't practice, something that your the community that you grew up with doesn't practice. To take that first step is the hardest step. Yeah. And it is a very courageous step. Like, it, like yeah. it's, it's not very easy. It's like it's, Ab it's like God telling Abraham, like leave everything that you have and come follow me. Like, yeah. like like the courage that Abraham had to do that was incredible. I think one of the uh, reasons one of the reasons uh, you would look into it more is because you see that Catholicism preaches love and peace. But then the first thing that, you know, the first thing that everyone, first thing that makes people sort of negative about it is, is like the Ten Commandments, which is like, do not do this, do not do that. It's a lot of do nots, and we never hear about the do's. Until Jesus came around and he saw like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> love one another, yeah. Yeah. love God. So I think there's so much emphasis on what you cannot do, but there's not much emphasis on what you can do. You know, that's what most of my friends ask me, you know, oh, Evelyn, um, what do you mean you can't have sex before marriage? What do you mean you can't get drunk? What do you mean you can't do drugs? And, but, you know, so all the negatives. So I think people are so afraid of this, like, life that they think is so um, restrictive that they probably don't want to go into it anyway because mm. it's such a restrictive life. Yeah, I've heard a lot of... Or a view of a life that's very restrictive. Yeah, I've heard a lot of friends who make the same case as well. It just seems like such a restrictive yeah you can't thing, have right? fun yeah and, and it's almost like even say christians they're like i don't know if i want to look into this more i feel like it might cost me more things <laughs> i just yeah we were saying that last week it's like the more you learn the more you're like oh my god yeah exactly <laughs> yeah but if think about um think about like a fitness guru right someone who's like really into bodybuilding now you might think that that life is just like completely like terrible and whatever they're doing to themselves is just horrible mm -hmm. why would you even think of doing that but you're not seeing it from like their experience you know they're doing something that they love like and there you, must be a reason because they're like getting some benefits from yeah exactly like think about the careers that i guess we're lucky to have chosen you know like we all chose the careers that we um that we have right now or we're in the path to getting <laughs> because we enjoy that you know and there are restrictions for this job of ours you know like you know evelyn you have to like be dressed nicely every <laughs> oh day. what a restriction not to be dressed okay. nicely you can't just like, take holidays whenever you want i actually yeah. cannot yeah, um that's true like in in i don't know what the restrictions are yet for me but you know there are like you're doing what you like yeah but there's restrictions for that but that doesn't mean what you do is not like something good for you or like it's not something that you enjoy yeah, I know what you, mean, yeah. you know like these restrictions that we have it's because like we see that there there's something beyond all of these things uh, so we're in the last few minutes i think we should wrap up by saying why we all think christianity is true why do you personally believe what you believe why aren't you any other religion why aren't you an atheist for me i guess it's the whole 
it's the whole like father element you know the the father that loves us so much that he gave up his only son for us you know the the father that would do anything for us and yeah we go through tough times but those tough times are necessary for us to gain salvation you know the jesus the son of god died on the cross for for me you know it's very personal it's it's not like just a general thing you know the like i've done so much wrong in my life and for someone to just forgive me for that that's just i can't imagine anyone doing that and that sort of like loving father that i can like i always feel around me you know um yeah i guess that's that's my main reason uh i think for me it's uh i feel like well no i, I know that i it, yeah it's basically like i've been guided a certain path like someone was just there with their hands on my shoulders guiding me through a certain path in my life because when i look at each kind of uh touch point in my life yeah. yeah so like you know what i studied and then what i went and study after and then like the job i had and how that thing transitioned to the next thing and then where i am now it, it all seems like a kind of big plan that i wouldn't have planned myself uh but somehow i'm on that path and then i'm looking back and i'm like oh how did i end up here like all these very specific things had to happen at very specific times in very specific ways um yeah, so I think that's what I have. Um, and for me, I think, um, well, first of all, from you know, coming from a not so religious family, I feel like there have been so many opportunities put in front of me to find God and to explore, you know, uh, Catholicism, to actually know that God is love. That it's you know, it would be very weird if i just said no this makes no sense it's like everywhere i turn something is like jesus <laughs> uh, so you know um and i don't i don't know what movie it is but there's like i think someone is explaining a story to someone and it's a great story of love and they go can you imagine that love and that's actually a movie quote that comes into my head anytime i'm in mass and i'm like unable to like understand the love that god has for us it's that quote that comes into my head you know can you imagine and it's about some transformative love and that's the kind of love jesus has for us it's a transformative love and it's not something that takes place uh, instantly it's it might take ages and ages and ages but i think even with the logical part of my brain raging against the faith part of my brain the fact that i've been able to keep going and searching for two years uh, I don't think that's me. I definitely think that's God and that's his love. And I can't imagine that though. Yeah, wow, you all have like, such good answers. My answer would be... <laughs> my answer well, I won the lottery. Be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my, my answer would probably wouldn't be yes. yes. I think you all have like great personal experiences. Mm -hmm. And I think I did have at one point as well during my teenage years where the same God was so real, uh, more real than people around me. Um, but I, I personally find that, yeah, like those kind of experience kind of just fades or you're not like, it's not so recent anymore, you know, um, but we are called to have daily experiences, right? But I think my reason, if I were to point at one thing, even though I'd love to say I'm a Christian because I had that amazing experience, 
I'm not sure if that is like my solid reason. Um, and the reason for that is I kind of started from that moment on, started looking into a lot of like, is this really true? Like, what was that? You know, and kind of like logically reasoning behind it. And I strongly believe that logic and faith are like complementary to each other. You know, they go hand in hand. And if you look at the uh so there's a, i believe there's a lot of reasons for why you believe there is a god then there's a lot of reasons why you believe that the god of the christians is the god the true god and i guess it's always never black and white right so it's never like oh this is it and you like start looking into it i find that it's always a weighing thing so you like look at what this says mm-hmm. how much truth it holds and then you do something else so a general like there's, I would believe that there's only two reasons, two really good reasons why you would say that there is no God or no God of the Bible, right? Which is one is the the problem of pain, right? So why is there so much pain and suffering? That's a really good one. That's, that's hard to say why a good God would allow that. But even to that, like that's only if you believe in a God of the Bible, right? Because I mean, you could, like, there could still be a God who's evil, who wants pain there could be a god (laughs) there could still be a god who's indifferent like he just doesn't care what is good and what is evil but the problem of pain is also only a problem if you believe that god is good and that god is a god of the jewish islamic and the christian god who who would say that he is love especially the god of the christian who would say god is love that is the god if you believe that is the reason why the problem of pain is a big problem the second one there's a really good point is the hiddenness of God, which is like, oh, if God is there, why is he like hiding himself? You know, like, why doesn't he just show up and be like, oh, the whole world will believe and we'll all worship him. But the problem with that as well is uh, that's not really a good enough reason for God to reveal himself almost because in the Old Testament, you read like how there was literally a pillar of fire and literally the Red Sea splitting and a few days later they're worshiping a golden calf right mm-hmm. so just because god reveals himself doesn't necessarily mean everyone's going to follow him also he's tried if, and tested you know <laughs> if, if god revealed himself and then i know there's a heaven then yeah i want to get in there but because of more, that yeah. but that's more selfishness and i automatically can't get in there because now i'm selfish and that's a sin yeah so <laughs> yeah true true but I have another analogy for that one. So there's this analogy. Daniel and his analogies is such So I heard this really good one that really made me think, which was so imagine you're driving your car on a motorway, right? You know the speed limit. So it's like the cars today. Maybe. I know. So you're on 120, right? 120 is a kilometers an hour is the speed limit, right? But let's say you're going at 200, right? God. Right? But you see a police car right what do you do slow you slow down why it's the reason for why you do it is for not getting caught mm-hmm. it's not because you're concerned about your safety yeah. and the safety of others you just don't right? want to pay the fine yeah you, you you're you're more afraid of the consequences yeah. as opposed to that is your basic reason for why you're slowing down mm-hmm. and following the rule at that point so the alternative is imagine there was no police car right you your actions for what you're doing are more genuine it's not in fear of anything else and maybe you can make the case that maybe god has hidden himself because he truly wants you to do what is right because of really why you want to do it as opposed to you thinking about 
the consequences, yeah. right? I think another thing is that I don't think we can comprehend God, God in the fullest sense just because, um, you know, in school when you when you do like a maths problem and you're like, I have genuinely no idea how this could happen. <laughs> And you look at it a year later and you're like, oh, yeah, it was really easy. And yeah. then it keeps happening yeah. throughout your life and it never stops. There's always something that stops you. And then there's God, which is like way beyond that. So I think uh, yeah. it's something that, yeah, I, I don't think we'd understand if we, mm. like, you know, if we experienced that without any, I don't know, preparation or any, I don't know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Like, I, I don't think. We can handle just God just coming there, right? Like yeah. the example Which is that we why see. he had to become man. Yeah. You know? And and like even we see in like I think Revelation, John who like walked with Jesus for three and a half years, and he's like transferred to heaven and Jesus is on all his glory. And what does he do? He doesn't say, Oh hey Jesus, I haven't seen you in a while. He just falls flat on his face and like is <laughs> afraid. It's like, what am I doing? I'm not worthy, you know. Yeah. Um but I think as a last closing thing though, I think I would believe our faith is true is because I would believe that there is very very good historical accuracy for the Bible and for the mm -hmm. case of Jesus. So we talked about history and how history was written by the winners, right? But in the case of the Bible, the history wasn't really written by oh, true, winners, the martyrs are right? There. So the Christians were one of the most persecuted people on earth. So before we even go to the case for Christ, right? Um, Jesus was a real man, like even secular world will tell you that he's a real man, a real person who lived in Judea around that time, right? They wouldn't believe that he's God, Son obviously, God, yeah. but let's say he was a real man. Very influential. Very influential. Timeline. Yeah, true. Um, but let's say he was a real man. But you have, so C.S. Lewis talks about this, there's this trilemma. So if you know there's this person, you can either believe he was a lunatic, Right, so he's this madman who literally went around converting people and um, basically got a following and did whatever. Or he was um, so it was he was a lunatic, or he was a mastermind criminal, or whatever you want to call him, magician. Right, he just pulled the greatest trick on history. Right, or he was who he said he was. So if you explore all those things, right, was he a lunatic? I think that's very easy to debunk because. If you look at the person of Jesus, what is written, what we know, even the secular historians writing about Jesus, he was always portrayed as a very intelligent, intellectual man. Like he was very influential. He wasn't just a madman just doing crazy things. He was wise. And even like the people of the day, the Jewish people go to him like wise teacher mm -hmm. and they regard him as teacher. So you can easily say he wasn't a madman. Was he mastermind corn artist, right? So you can say, Maybe, and you explore that and you say, why would these disciples think that uh, Jesus resurrected? Like, if this was all a lie, right, would they have really died for a lie? Like, would they have really, like, they were all, like, killed in brutal ways, not just the 11 disciples, like, um, so, like many more. so many more, like, everybody, like, the Christians were highly persecuted and they all died. They would, like, they just literally had a choice, like, just denounce your Christian faith and be let you live. And they're like, no, I can't. I can't do that. And they all died. And they traveled so much and so far for this faith, you know, and along the way, they were so, so much, there mm -hmm. was so much persecution. Yeah. Them. So then even in that lie, you can say, oh, maybe the Christians didn't hide the body of Jesus. 
maybe the other people did. So let's look at the other two people involved, which are the Jewish elders who got Jesus killed. Why would they kill? Why would they take the body of Jesus? Now, you can say they had no motivation to because the there was this new faith forming, this Christians, right? And they wanted to kill this new faith. Now, all they had to do to kill this faith was, hey, look, here is your body of Jesus. He didn't really die. We have him, right? Mm -hmm. So they had no intention or motivation to get his body. Why would the Romans hide his body? They also had no motivation because there's a rebellion starting over this yeah. man called Jesus. Their city is divided. All they had to do was, oh, here's your body of Jesus, right? And obviously the disciples, you can say, are the only people who would have had some motivation to take the body of Jesus. And that's why the Jewish elders go to uh, Pilate or one of the Roman authorities and say, oh, the disciples will come and take his body because he claimed he would rise from the dead. So you better put guards over it, right? Mm -hmm. So the only people who, had, who would have good motivation are the disciples. But if the disciples really took his body and hid it away, they wouldn't have died for the lie. The only option you're left with is Jesus was who he said he was. And Jesus claimed that he was the son of God. He claimed equal status. He said he came to fulfill the law. He was the promised Messiah. And he has come to establish a new kingdom. So even if you look at it historically, I think there's a really good case for why Jesus is who he said he was. And then the last argument people would make is, how do you know all this Bible is true? I guess this could be like fairy tales that someone made up, right? But you know, there are more historically, if you're looking at it historically, the Bible's records were written during the time closest to Jesus. So I think, I think it was written around like 70, 80 or like the earliest manuscripts, right? So at that time, the people who walked and saw Jesus were still alive. So if someone just made this up, right? The other people who literally saw him were like, no, that's not true, mm. right? Because they were living witnesses of people who actually walked with Jesus. Mm. So, but that's not the only thing. There's so much of these records that are so earlier on that um, it's hard to debunk the historic accuracy of these texts. Like, for example, like Julius Caesar and Alexander the Great, the earliest records of these people are like 300 years, way later than when they were actually there. Like anybody could have manipulated and created those things and you had no one to say that's not true. Mm. Like if you even take that standard of like what historically text is true, the Bible ranks very high in terms of the authenticity and the historic the primary source. Yeah, primary source, a historically accurate document. And I think even if you look at Christianity in a pure faith, pure, pure lens of logic and reason and exploring all these things, even if you don't understand what all this is, I think there's a really good case for why Christians claim what they claim. But the only problem, though, I think is I don't think all Christians represent what is actually taught in the Bible. Sure. <laughs> right? And it's like, but, but then there's this other thing that me and Naveen were exploring earlier, which is this idea that let's say there was no color called red in the universe, right? And you didn't see it's all this red, right? <laughs> let's say our world had no color of red whatsoever, but the idea of the color red is still true, even though you don't see it around you, mm. right? Or, or even this idea of justice, if you want to go abstract, right? If our world is so unjust, but the idea of justice is still true, even if you don't see it around you. Mm. So even though Christians don't practice it and be the way they should be, the idea of this truth is still independent of who practices them. Mm -hmm. 
well, that's my reason for why I believe. It's a very long reason. It's <laughs> a very long. That was a thesis. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. So we're done. Will we close off with the prayer? Sure. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, we are all yearning for you. We're all yearning for the greater truth. And we know that there are so many hearts that are thirsting for you, Lord. We ask that you come and touch our hearts, Lord. Invite us to taste and see that you are good, that you are the greatest good. Give us the courage to take that leap of faith, to believe in you. Give us the motivation to learn about you. And finally, give us your heart, so that we may love each other as you have loved us. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.